How are you today? Hello, hello. <laughs> what a wonderful day to be here together. Wouldn't you agree? Okay, so, ooh, um, let's be honest. We're always honest here. But growing up as the Gunny's daughter wasn't always easy. Let me hit the pause button in case you don't know about my childhood. My father, at least the one that raised me, um, he was in the Marine Corps almost my entire upbringing. He didn't get out until I was in high school. And I remember that specifically because that's when he started going to my baseball games and it was right, or my softball games. And it was right around my 16th birthday. It must've been after because I don't remember him being at the doubleheader we played on my 16th. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, the point is growing up, I was the Gunny's daughter. End of story. I was the Gunny's daughter. My dad is, was, and will forever be the Gunny. Yes. <laughs> if that doesn't hold any weight to you, then just picture this. Picture this amazingly kind tall man. He stands something like an oak tree, can bend in the wind, you know, able to be flexible and to hear you out as all of the wind in the world is moving around it, but firm and deeply rooted, knowing exactly who he is at all times, standing very firm and very, very tall and proud, right? That was my father. He wasn't ever anybody someone was scared of necessarily, but someone you never wanted to disappoint because having my dad's honor, having my dad's respect for you was like, you won an Oscar, you won a Grammy, like you won the greatest prize. The men that looked up to my dad, I mean, if my dad called somebody, and I remember this as a child, if we ever needed anything, I could pick up that phone, that the landline, okay? <laughs> Um, I could pick up the landline and I could call a list that started with at least 20 people. And any of those people would have answered. And any of those people would have done whatever it took to take care of this. Because that was also the type of man my father was. Okay. And so, and I mean, I, I honestly remember this happening. I remember a friend getting a flat tire on the freeway, having a complete blowout, calling my dad. We were there in minutes. I remember my mom being hospitalized and actually my dad being hospitalized, two different incidences in my life. One while I was, um, in elementary school, my dad was hospitalized. And then when my mom was hospitalized, it was when I was in high school. Both times we had different people coming and taking care of us while our parents were out of the house for days, weeks, months at times. And these were people that dropped their lives. One family in particular literally gave us their last meal because our parents were away in the hospital and they were friends with our parents and they wanted to make sure that we were taken care of. So they fed us before they fed their own kids. And <laughs> I'm laughing and I'm crying. And it brings me so much joy to know that we have that support system. But here's, here's what I want. I want you to know this. I want you to understand and have this picture of my father. Because I want you to understand the weight that I felt every single time he told me, baby, you're a born leader. 
honey, you're going to rise and you're going to lead. You're going to lead nations. You're going to lead so many people. He has been speaking that into my life for as long as I can remember. I, I remember being 13 and walking up to him and my mom and sitting them down and oh God, they knew they knew I was about to say something very serious because I sat them both down at the table and I said, I've been called to Africa. I'm going to raise them. <laughs> this is so funny. Dead serious. Go ask them. I said, I'm going to raise the money and I'm going to go to Africa. That's where my heart is. God needs me to go there and he needs me to serve those people. And they looked at each other and my mom looked at me and she said, well, if that's your calling where there's a, well, there's a way let's get to work. And my dad, well, he was a different story. He said, honey, you're going to lead the world in the most amazing ways. And you and I are never going to do it the same. You will always be on the side of justice and peace. And I adore you for that. But right now at 13, you will not be going to Africa. <laughs> and so they sent me to Nicaragua instead, where I ended up doing um, year after year of mission work there. And my my heart and my soul just goes out to Nicaragua. Anyway, the point, the point is this man knew, has always known that I was going to be a leader. And it took me up until I was about 25 to really figure this out because that was a big burden. That was a big weight. And what really weighed on me, okay, what really weighed me down was how can I lead when I'm constantly messing up? How can I set the example when I'm going through a hard time? How can I show up? How can I be here? How am I supposed to be a leader in this world when I feel like my world is caving, like I'm a mess, when I don't even have the direction myself? And can I tell you what God revealed to me? One day in the beautiful, quiet moments when God gets to speak to you. So if you're not getting quiet every day, I urge you to go meditate. But in this quiet moment, it was, I swear to you, in my dad's voice. And he said, my dear child, you are meant to lead yourself through every situation. And as you lead you are going to be showing, you are setting the example of what it is to lead. And you are going to be leading woman by woman out of their exile, right? And it's like this, this Moses moment where I get to help each woman break free from what's enslaving them, those obligations to societal norms, those um, everyday traditions, those, you know, the, the monotony of what's going on in their lives to break free and to really create a life that they love. And I get to do it literally by doing it, by living it out. No one is living vicariously through me. They are watching me, my example, and then they are setting out to, you know, walk the path on their own. And that is the leader that I have been called to be. The one that walks through the valley of the shadow of death first and then says, come on, my God already parted the Red Sea. So if you are struggling to rise and lead, if you are feeling called, yet you can't seem to move your feet, I want you to remember that first you have to lead yourself. First, you have to honor 
yourself, respect yourself, love yourself, and then you can lead others. Okay, so today, figure out what you need to lead yourself instead of looking, you know, scrolling through the Internet, waiting for the words of inspiration, instead of waiting for the perfect training or the perfect coach or the perfect moment or whatever it is, you be that thing that you're looking for. You decide right now that you are whatever it takes. Okay, that you are those words that you're looking for. You speak those into the world today instead of searching for them. You be that voice of reason if that's what it means. You be that strength if that's what it is. And if it's just you need to be peaceful so the world can feel some peace today, then you show up and you be that. But you lead from right where you're at and practice that every single day. I mean that. Ooh, that was heavy. Okay. I hope you're off to a good day today. I know I am. <laughs> All right. So I hope you have a great day. Thank you for hanging out with me longer than normal. I hope this hit you right where you needed it today. And I pray that you will rise and you will lead because we need more leaders. We really do. And I mean that with my full being. So have an amazing day, go in peace and love, and I will be back tomorrow for more morning moments with me, Maureen Casey. Bye now.